0: For more information about Christian Assembly, follow us on social media or visit our website at cafamily.net. We're talking about faith working by love. This is lesson number four, probably our last one, I think. I'm not sure. But um, we've been talking about this for a while. And Galatians chapter 5, verse 6 is our text. Let's look at that verse before we go. Any further, for in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith, which worketh by love. Are you in Christ? Then what's most important is not that you're a Jew or a Gentile, a man or a woman. It's not whether you're bond, bound, or free. It's not about your gender. It's not about your ethnicity. It's not about how wealthy you are, whether you're rich or whether you're poor. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're young or even if you're more seasoned in life. How many of you know what it means to be more seasoned? It's just a nice way to say you're old. Right? <laughs> you're just more seasoned in life. It, that's not what matters. What really matters? What's on the top of the priority list? Faith, working by love is what's most important in Christ. Why is faith so important? We talked a little bit about that. Well, because it's by faith that we access all the grace of God. It's by faith that we receive the benefits of the gospel. Without faith, we can't be saved, or we're saved by grace through faith. So when it comes to many other things, we walk by faith, we live by faith, we're justified by faith, we are sanctified by faith, we fight the good fight of faith, we resist the devil with our faith, and the list goes on and on about the many wonderful things about faith, Paul the Apostle preached, lo and behold, the word of faith. He called it the word of faith. How many of you know that? In Romans chapter 10, he called it the word of faith. You know, I have to admit to you, I'm really wanting to focus in on this because I read posts and I hear so many things about people that criticize what is called the word of faith. Now, let me make this very clear. There's a ditch on this side of the road and a ditch on that side of the road, no matter what doctrine you study. That does not mean there's not a straight and narrow. Is that true? You could be excessive on one side, too conservative on the other side. There is a straight and narrow. And when I see these criticisms, I'll be honest with you, it really penetrates me and I'll tell you why. You see, when I came in on this and I learned about the operation of faith and the law of faith and how to apply it, how to appropriate faith in my life, many miracles took place. What do you think about this? Your oldest child would be dead if it were not for the word of faith. So when I see people criticize that, and I know this because they just don't have a right understanding of it, Or we could say this because of their experience, they rejected it. But you see, for me, it's just too personal. And what do I mean by that? Here's what I mean by that. Daily in my life, and I still do it even up to today, my declaration every day would be thank you, Father, for making us all skillful in wisdom, cunning in knowledge. For the spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and fear of the Lord to rest upon all of us to make us have a quick understanding and a knowledge of the fear of the Lord. For total recall by your spirit of all the things that we have learned to perform now during the test of life, academically and spiritually, thank you for making hard the bars of my gates and protecting my family from within, from all loss, harm, damage, injury, molestation, abuse, abduction, acts of terrorism, evil plagues, and accidents in our pathways, life, and there is no death. We're doers of the word, blessing our deeds, all that we set our hand to do will prosper, and no weapon formed against us will prosper in any way. Now, people will say, you people believe in your words. You've exalted your word above God. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, Let's back up. Let me give you some proof from Scripture. Let's throw up Proverbs 23, verses 15 and 16, and let's see what they say. My child, if your heart is wise, my own heart will rejoice. Everything in me will celebrate when you speak. What is right? Who said that? Solomon said it, but anointed by the Spirit of God. Okay? That's one verse. There are other verses. Look at Numbers chapter 14, verse 28. Now tell them this. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. Who's saying that? God. What's He going to do to them? The things He hears them say. And what did they say? We're going to die in the wilderness. And guess what? They died in the wilderness. What did Joshua say? We can take the land. What did Caleb say? We could take the land. And what happened to them? They took the land. Tell me their words had nothing to do with that. What about this? In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 12, verse 37. The words you say will either acquit you, or condemn you. Who said that? I'll give you a hint. It's in red. Jesus said it. Right? And what about Proverbs eighteen twenty one that says, Death and life are in the power of the foot. Of the what? Of the tongue. Okay, so I make those declarations like you hear our, well, You know, when I do this, I'm not just doing it for a show. Thank you, Father, for your holy written word. It's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your words are life to me and health to all of my flesh. That is like a spiritual exercise that we use to make a highway for God to move in our lives. Because when he hears me say that, he says, I'll do to you what I hear you say. So, yes, you've got those that are on this side. We call them the uh, hyperfaith. I say i got a million oil wells. I say i got a Rolls Royce. I got... That's not what they, they call it, the health and wealth gospel. Things have got to be qualified, if you know what I mean. Come to our church. We teach you how to be poor and sick. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be right there this Sunday. See, there's a balance to it. Now, what does my daughter's life come into play? My oldest child? I would say that every day. In my pathway is life and there is no death. In my pathway is life and there is no death. Father, I thank you that in my pathway is life and there is no death. I thank you for making hard the bars of my gates and protecting my family from within. And in my pathway is life, this is Proverbs 12, 28, and there is no death. And so while we're attending an outside wedding ceremony, and again, this is to show you why this is so dear to me. When all these critics out there and these people that are so judgmental because they don't really understand the concept of faith, and by the way, there was someone I, I hold in high esteem who said, if you had faith, you would say, to the my tree. If you had faith, you would say, to the mountain, and it would move. And nothing would be impossible to you. If you had faith, you would say, you would say to that mountain and it would remove and nothing would be impossible to you. You see, when he taught faith, he's the very one that said, if you had faith, you would say. So faith and saying go together. How'd you get saved? Believe in your heart and say with your mouth. What's most important in your life is getting saved. So we're going to this wedding ceremony outside in Albert City. It's an outside wedding ceremony. I park on the side of the road, and this, while well, I'm opening up the back door, it's a two-door car, and I open it up, and the seat goes up, and my daughter at that time, I forget exactly her age, eight, nine, I'm not sure, Lisa, and she jumps, darts out of the back of the car, and she starts taking off across the street. I can only see out of peripheral vision, I see a truck coming around 50, 55 mile an hour, and it's, it's hard to say this. It's so quick. It's so simultaneous. Know, it's, it's so fast. I, I had the seat up. She jumps out. She sees her friend across the street. She's going to run and see her. The truck comes around the corner like that, and I—I'm not even looking at her. I go like this, and somehow I connect with her wrist and pull her back against the car. She slaps, slams against the car very hard, like that. And the moment she hits the car, I hear in my spirit. In your pathway is life and there is no death. My daughter would have been dead on that day. That's why it's so serious with me. And that's why it really frustrates me when I see people writing things like that about word of faith when they have no knowledge of the truth of the word of faith and what it really means. And they don't even believe Jesus who said if you had faith you would say you would say. Just because they've experienced it and lined up with it doesn't mean it's not true. You realize that. So I know that by saying that every day I set in motion some spiritual laws that enable that to happen. This isn't just something that just happens. It's not magical. We align ourselves with God and His Word daily and what happens? He hears what we say and thank God He's bigger than what we are. I'm, I'm not that good. At that time, I was a lot younger than I am right now. But uh, I'm still not that good that I could have just somehow found her darting across and just connected with her wrist and pulled her back to safety. I believe some angels got us together. I don't believe in that stuff. Well, that, you don't have to. You don't get it. That's all right. What you believe, he said, will come to pass. You know. So it's important. So to me... Understanding this concept of faith is absolutely essential. But you see, it's not echoing somebody else's faith. It's not doing it because somebody else did it. It's because you opened up this Bible for yourself and you got into the Word of God for yourself and you saw that and you said, it's exactly what Jesus said. Yeah, he said that. If you had faith, you would say. If you had faith, you would say. Okay? Now, I'm going to dare step out and tell you right now. You probably set in motion some things that stopped your house from burning to the ground. See, by faith, you say some things, and those things get... Now, the enemy will try, like, to start something like that, but praise God, some things fall into place because you've established some things in the spiritual realm. Now, if you're just going to play with it and just say, I tried it once or twice and it didn't work, forget about it. It's not going to work for you. But if you say, this is what God said, this is what God said, and you know what? I got to change, not God. Me, I have to change. I've got to get more serious. I've got to find out what he says. I've got to apply the principles and then watch God work. That's how it should be. Look in the book of Psalms 103. Because since faith works by love, if we have a deeper revelation of the love that God has for us, you know what that's going to do? That's really going to boost our faith. When we understand how much God loves us, it's easy to believe God because he loves us so much, and we know that. But since we, if we know that, the devil's going to come along and just saying what? Start saying what? He doesn't really love you that much, and you're really not worth anything. And say all kinds of crazy stuff to make you think he doesn't love you that much because he wants to dominate your life, and he wants to do what? Destroy your faith. So your faith doesn't rise up to the higher level that it can rise up to. So he'll come along and just tell you just how unworthy you are, and just how all this negativity about your life. In Psalm 103, to show us how God loves us, we know that he so loved the world that he gave us Jesus. We understand that. We know that Jesus said, greater love is no man than a man laid on a life for his friends. But notice something else that he uses. He uses distance to explain to us his love for us. You ready for it? For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. You go to the Hubble Space Telescope, and it says it can see as far as 13.4 billion light years away. So when he he uses distance, he is saying, it is so high, you can't get over it. If you were to travel at 186,000 miles per second, it would take you 13.4 billion years to get to that point. And he says, that's how high my love is for you. That's pretty high, right? Hussein Bolt, Bolt can't run that fast. I know, some of you don't know who he is. Fastest man on the planet, but he can't run that fast. 186,000 miles per second. And then it's so deep. How deep is his love? It's so deep, we can't get under it. It's so wide, we can't get around it. Did you remember singing that song when you were younger, and growing up in the faith? It's so high, it's so deep, it's so wide. Deep and wide and all that. That's the love of God that he has for us. So if he were to use distance to try to communicate to us his love, what is he saying? It's so high you can't get over it. It's so deep you can't get under it. It's so wide you can't get around it. Well, if that's the truth, then why is it that it's so difficult for us to accept the fact that God loves me just the way I am and that he can never love me any more than he does right now? And that love should be a dominating force in my life that I recognize and realize that I am loved by God just the way I am. I don't have to be validated. Because you see, his love for me is not based on my performance or your performance. It's based on the decision of his will. Agape love is not based on performance. It's based on a decision, a principle. He says, I love you that much. I love you, which is why you love me. We love him because he first loved us. He came after us. We didn't come after him. Can you see that? So he wants us to understand how much he loves us. He cares for us so much. But the problem is this. We have an enemy out there. Did you notice that? Did you notice we have an enemy out there? Yeah. Look at John's Gospel, chapter 8. We have an enemy out there who likes to lie. Have you recognized that? Yeah. Let's read these verses from the enemy uh, Bible. It's, there are quite a few verses here. Let's read through them. Even so, Even as he spoke, many believed in him. So he's talking to people who believed in him. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said... If you hold to my teaching, notice, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Then answered, they answered him, We are Abraham's seed descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. <laughs> they better read their history. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Now we're about ready to have a dialogue that's going to get heated. Jesus replied, verily, truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. Let's read that one again. You have no room for my word. I am telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence. You are doing what you have heard from your Father. Abraham is our Father, they answered. It's getting heated. If you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you are looking for a way to kill me. A man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own Father. We are not illegitimate children. They protested. The only father we have is God Himself. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, here it is, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding, not holding, not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him when he lies. He speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. He's speaking to the Jews. He's not speaking to criminals. He's speaking to these people who think God's their father, who say they're children of Abraham. But when the Son of God comes and says, I came from the Father, they have no idea what he's talking about. Isn't that something? Isn't that sad? But Jesus said, look, you're going to hold to something. You're going to embrace something. And it's either going to be the lies of your father the devil, or it's going to be the truth that comes from the Father God. You have to take your pick. And they were saying that we're not bound to anything. He's talking about being bound by sin. And do you know it's a sin to go against what God says? Did you realize that? It's a sin to believe something differently than what God says. And they were doing that. But they couldn't relate to it. Um, you see, the freedom that comes to us, it comes to us because we hold to the truth. What are we clinging to? What are we holding on to? The truth or a lie? Well, it should be the truth. Do you remember the woman that was uh, bowed for 18 years and she could not in any way any wise lift up herself? Jesus went to her and told her the truth. Woman, you are loosed from that infirmity. And she was set free. And the Jews, who embraced their teaching, said, it's not right for you to heal on the Sabbath day. What's the matter with you? You're sinning against God. Jesus said, you hypocrites. Don't you lead your animals to watering on the Sabbath day when they're thirsty? Don't you get one of your lambs that falls into a ditch and save it on the Sabbath day? And ought not this woman, here's the truth, whom Satan bound, being a daughter of Abraham, truth one, whom Satan bound, number two, be loosed, shouldn't she be loosed on the Sabbath day? So, this woman was loosed, Why? She was told the truth. You're a daughter of Abraham. Number one, it's the devil that's got you bound. I've heard people say, well, you know, God did this to me because he wants. To. Don't buy the lie. Because if that's the lie, if you believe that lie, you're not going to get free. Holding to the truth is what makes us free, not holding to a lie. So ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So this woman was free because she found out the truth and the truth is she's a daughter of Abraham and Satan had her bound and you know what? You need to be free. So Jesus liberated her, delivered her and set her free. Let's read verses 37 and 38 again. They were holding on to their own teachings because they were refusing to let go of their teachings because they were so bound by it I know that you're Abraham's descendants. You are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. They were so stuffed with lies that they had no room for the truth of God's word. I'm telling you what I have seen in the father's presence and you are doing what you have heard from your father. So now we see what's taking place here. They're embracing what they believe, but they're believing lies that come from the devil. But here Jesus is saying, I'm trying to tell you the truth. The truth that will liberate you, deliver you, and set you free, but you don't want to hear it. You would rather hear that God wants me sick than by his stripes you were healed. You would rather hear some negativity rather than hear the fact that causes Christ always causes me to triumph. That's what they were doing. Embracing something that was not the truth. You know why? Because it was their truth. And we'll get to that in just a second. Look at verses 43 through 45. Satan specializes in deception. To deceive means to present as truth that which is a lie. To make it look good. In other words, to make it so palatable. It looks good. It sounds good. But you know what? Religion will do that, but it's not the truth. You just be good enough and you'll make heaven. You just come to church so many times and then you'll be okay. You just say all these prayers, and you'll... No, that's not the truth. It's been made the truth. It's been made deliciously palatable by the enemy and people fall for it. I fell for it for 24 years. I thought I would be okay until I found out I had to be born again. Then I got upset and angry with the church that I went to and personally went to them myself and said, why haven't you told me I need to be born again? You're okay. You're okay. I don't want to know I'm okay while I'm going to hell. What about you? I don't want to be okay in going to hell for the rest of my eternity. Jesus said, I must be born again. You've got to put your church belief and doctrine above what that book says, is what I was told. Oh, that's what you think. Well, I'm sorry, I'm not going to abide by that. And I was gone. I was out of there. I'll tell you something right now. Any church that exalts their doctrine above this book, run. That's about all I can say. They were so stuffed with lies, they couldn't hear the truth. Look at these verses. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you're unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks of his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Their truth was based on deception. They were deceived into thinking that what they believed was actually true. Deception is a very awful thing. You realize that. It's once again made deliciously palatable by the devil. It looks good. It sounds good. It feels good. But the problem is it's a lie. Well, in John's Gospel chapter 17, listen to this and listen to it clearly. It's not my truth that makes me free. It's his truth that makes me free. It's not your truth that makes you free. It's his truth that makes you free. Well, what is truth? You asked. John 17, 17, Sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. Pilate said, what is truth? He didn't stay long enough to hear the answer. He walked off away. Jesus said, I came representing the truth. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. So Jesus would have told him, I'm the truth. Cling to my teaching. You see, a disciple of Christ is not someone who says, I believe only. Jesus said to the Jews who believed on him, if you continue in my word or my teachings or cling to or embrace or hold on to my teachings, then you know what? You will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Well, he tried to communicate to them, but they wouldn't receive that. They didn't have any room for the truth because they were stuffed with lies. Have you ever eaten a meal so much so that by the time you got done with that meal, you said, I'll never eat again, the longest day I live. But three hours later, you were like, what's for a snack? (laughs) Have you done that? I think we've all done that one time or another. Truth, beloved, is not based on my perception, it's not based on my experience. It's not based on what I think. It's not based on my circumstances. Truth is based on what God says. That's the truth. You know why we have a problem in our, co- our country right now with uh, marriages? Because they change the truth of God into a lie. Meddles in a place where we should never meddle. The Creator has a right to govern humanity... And he, it's the way he says, not the way I say. No matter what I think, no matter what my experience might be, no matter what I feel, truth is truth and his word is truth. And that's the bottom line. Faith is built and based on the truth that God reveals. So if God reveals a report and tells me by that report that I'm healed, delivered, set free and made whole, then you know what? I have to embrace that and I have to hold it up higher and esteem it higher than my feelings and emotions. Now, I want to share with you some truth and How we can eradicate lies so that we can get to a place that we really understand the depth of God's love for us. Number one, a lot of people say this God doesn't really love me. And when I hear someone say that, I realize I gotta roll up my sleeves and start digging deep and trying to share some truth with this individual because that person really thinks God doesn't love them. They actually feel that way, they believe that about themselves, and they're basing that on their performance. They're basing that on their own lives, the way they see themselves. But you know what? God doesn't see them the way that they think he sees them. He sees them differently, but they just don't know that. And why don't they know that? Because they've been fed lies. The devil comes along, deceives people, feeds them lies, telling them things like, God doesn't really love you. If he, can't, if he really loved you, then guess what? That wouldn't have happened to you. i got news for you. A lot of things happened to Jesus when he walked the planet. They tried to kill him, stole him, throw him off the brow of the hill, did, did they not? When he went into the the true country, they wanted to stone him, etc., etc. You're going to have issues in this life, but that doesn't mean God doesn't love you. It means you're living in a fallen world. Okay. The trash is this. Forget the trash. We're so full of trash, which is the lies of the devil, that we're so full of it that it's hard to get the truth in. He said there's no room for you in you for the truth. What's the truth? God so loved the world That he gave his only begotten son. Are you in the world? Yes. Are you part of the world? Yes. God loves you so much. That's the truth. Jesus said, greater love is no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. That's the truth. You're embracing trash while he's trying to inject truth. But there's no room for truth. Why? Because I'm so full of trash. Jesus couldn't get his doctrine into these people because having ears they couldn't hear, having eyes they couldn't see, and a heart they couldn't understand. So Jesus lived out his life to prove to humanity that he loves us. While we were dead in sin, he introduced his love to us by dying for us, did he not? Number two, I'm not of any value to God or anybody else. How many times have the devil tried to put that lie within us? Us. What, is my life that valuable? Is my life that important? See, when a person is full of that trash, it's hard to inject the truth. What's the truth, though? Look at Matthew, chapter 10. This is from the message translation. Sometimes it just gives a different perspective. What's the price of a pet canary? I didn't know they had pet canaries back then, did it? Some loose change, right? And God cares what happens to, even, to it even more than you do. He pays even greater attention to you, down to the last detail, even numbering the hairs on your head. So don't be intimidated by all this bully talk. You're worth more than a million canaries. Hallelujah. I've talked to people that had such low self-esteem, low self-worth, and all that, and all they could talk about is, this: I'm just really not that. What value? Does my life have? I'm a loser. I'm a failure. I'm defeated. Who you knows? And all they're going by is all the lies that the devil keeps hurling their way. And they agree with it. Yeah, uh, you're right. I know. Yeah, I, I miss it here. I miss it there. God's love for you is not based on your performance. Did you, you ever know? notice that when Jesus came up out of the water, that's when the voice of God said, This is my beloved Son? Did you notice that when he went under the water, that's his death. When he came up out of the water, that's his resurrection. Did you notice that the power of the Holy Spirit and the peace of Almighty God did not fall on him until he, through obedience, came up out of the water? It didn't come on him before that. But once he obeyed God, went under the water, and he started coming up, that's when the heavens were open because of his obedience. He didn't perform one miracle. It wasn't based on his performance. It was based on his obedience. Well, what's being obedient? Stop listening to the lies of the devil. Stop exalting his trash above the truth of God's word. Next time you hear yourself say, I'm not that valuable or my my life is not worth anything. And how many people out there take their lives because they think that is truth. They have no idea. How valuable they are. He saw the pearl of great price, meaning you, and he shed his blood to obtain you, to purchase you, and bring you back to himself. That's the truth. That's the truth. You're of more value than anything this world has to offer. That's how God sees you. You see, he did his miracles after that. His validation came because he obeyed God, came up out of the water, heavens were open. When we start saying things like God says about us, the heavens are going to open. God's going to say, I'm pleased with that. See, faith pleases Him. Without faith, you can't please Him. He's pleased to hear you say, yeah, I know the devil says I'm not worth anything, but you know what? The God I serve, He's numbered every hair on my head. I'm going to comb 4,965. There it is, right there. Is it in place? He knows that. He knows, it. can I be that valuable to him? That he would number my hairs on my head and know every detail about me? How do I convince someone that God loves me that much when they're walking around saying I'm not worth anything? Number three, God doesn't care. That's trash. First Peter 5, 7 says it this way. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Take no thought for your life what you're going to eat, drink, or what you're going to wear. Don't worry. Have anxiety or fret about any of that because God cares about you so much. He's made provision for you and he will see to it that he provides for you even more than the birds in the air and the fish in the sea. So we can either stay full of what? Trash? It's time to take out the trash. And time to invite the truth. What's the truth? Say it with me. God cares about me. Watchfully and about me affectionately. That's the Amplified. See, that's a truth. You see why confession is so important? When we talk about confessing the word of God, we're not talking about confessing I have a million oil wells. Confessing all this that people say out there that takes it to an extreme. We're talking about confessing what the Word of God says about you because that is truth and our lives are being built on and based on truth and God wants us to use our faith to build these truths into our lives because they're not automatic. Because we don't see ourselves that way. So when someone says, I was born that way, no, you fell that way. You weren't born that way, you fell that way. That's what happens and we're all living in a fallen world. And so the truth is, You don't have to stay that way. Number four, God's not concerned about my needs. That's trash. Does he care that I can pay my bills or not? That's trash. You know what the truth is? Philippians 4.19. But my God shall supply all your need according unto his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Not based on the riches of the country that you live in or that your job provides, But this is the truth. And it's so hard to really inject that into people's lives. Why? Because of the trash buildup. Remember, this is the, the, the tactic of the enemy. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. He's the father of all lies. He's going to tell us all this negativity when the truth is God is concerned about your needs. Look at the next one, number five. There is no help in God. That was a lie that the devil tried to tell David to other people. There's no help for you. You can't escape this. There's no way you're going to get through this you know what? We can do the same thing with what we've gone through with COVID and all that sort of thing. But we're just in a helpless situation. There's nothing that we can do. And it's really taken some people, the phobia, the fear of it to an extreme. You know, and, and if you listen to the wrong thing, the network that you listen to is going to give you a network. I'm talking about network of people, whether it's news media, whatever it might be. If you fill yourself up with trash, how are you going to get full of the word? Well, what does the word say about this? Look at uh, what David said. Look at Psalm 3. See, we could be like him or we could let the trash dictate to our lives. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Stop and think about it. Aren't you glad he didn't stop there? But thou, O Lord, are a shield for me Here's the truth. My glory and the lifter of mine head. What's the trash? There's no help for you in God. What's the truth? God is my shield. He's my glory. He's the lifter of my head. He's El Shaddai. He's the God of plenty. He's more than enough. He is the one that causes my enemies to come against me. One way to flee from before my face. Seven ways, praise God. El Shaddai is who he is. That's the truth. And then the next one, number six, God doesn't really need me. Really? 1 Corinthians 12, 21 makes it very clear that he does. The eye can't say to the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. The head being Jesus cannot say to the foot, even if you're the lowest member, supposedly in the body of Christ, I have no need of you. He, Everybody say with me, he needs me. See, he needs me to take my rightful place as a productive fruit-bearing branch in the vine to carry out the purpose of his will because you know why? You're unique and he'll use you the way he wants to use you because he's gifted you with certain gifts, talents, and abilities that only you can manifest. But people that walk away from church and don't don't involve themselves in doing the will of God that way, well, that body is going to suffer. And not everybody's participating. Look at the next one. The trash is, I'm not worthy. I'm just not worthy. Really? But the truth is this: First Peter 1, 18 and 19, someone's worth is only determined by what someone is willing to pay for that someone, for that something. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold from your vain conversation, received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. You want to know your value? You want to know your worth? All the money, all the resources in this whole world that we live in and all the universe could never buy your ransom. But you were so worthy. God saw your worth that he purchased you with the blood of his son. See, if we're so full of the trash that we hear that my life is really meaningless, you won't understand your value and your worth. One man's trash is another man's treasure. You realize that? Let's not reverse that and think the treasure that we have in Christ is going to, let's say, be subject to trash. Why not exalt the truth above the trash and let God have his way with us and in us? Look at the next one. You can't do it. That's trash. The devil has filled even God's people up with so much trash, there's no room for the truth. And the truth is, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I, it's personal, can. It's positive, do. It's practical, all things. It's pervasive. Through Christ, it is... Think about it. It's through Christ, provisional, who strengthens me. He strengthens me. It's powerful. It's up to me. Which will I embrace, the trash or the truth? Confession is that very thing. What I confessed, you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. But you see, if not, if you confess the trash, you're giving place to what the devil wants to do in your life. That's why people that are really on on the edge, where they are to the place that sometimes they're suicidal, we need to sit them down and let them know that their value, their worth, who they are and what they have, is so beyond anything they can comprehend or imagine. They need to embrace that. Turn that thing around with truth. Look at the next one. I'm a failure. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 37, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors, through him that what? What is he? He loves us. And through him we are what? Not just a conqueror. More than a conqueror. Sit with me. I am more than a conqueror. Because he loves me. You see, I'm only going to be a defeated failure if I think it's all based on me. It's not. It's because he loves me. And number number 10... You're weak, that's trash. You're too weak. What's the truth? Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Let the weak say, I am strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Take unto you the whole armor of God. You've got it, use it. So, once again, faith works by love, but I've got to understand the love that God has for me By taking these truths and taking out the trash. Taking the trash and removing it from my life and taking the truth and embracing it or holding on to it. You're validated not because of what you've done. You're validated because of what Jesus has done. Our obedience is just to do what he said. Start declaring the truth. Stop declaring the trash. Rid yourself of the trash And embrace the truth and cling to it, and you will know the truth, and the truth will liberate you, deliver you, and set you free. See, the trash is, healing isn't for everyone. The truth is, by his stripes we were healed. The truth is what? What God says, not what I say. You know, beloved, it's time. It is time. You ready for it? What day does your garbage collection come? It's time to take out the trash. Can you say amen? Amen. Take out the trash. My heart will rejoice when I hear your lips say right things is what he said. So take out the trash and embrace the truth. Let's all stand together. Embrace the truth and get rid of the trash.